College Basketball Insider. Some news and notes from around the world of college basketball. In-studio correspondent for WFAN and CBS Sports Radio. Attention please to John Rustin. Please report to St. The Insider's Insider. Joining us now with his thoughts and a break it down, John Rothstein. It's College Hoops Today with John Rothstein. Let's put the women and children to bed and go looking for dinner. John Rothstein here on the College Hoops Today podcast. Later in this show, we will be joined by Baylor head coach Scott Drew. I want to remind you to subscribe to the College Hoops Today podcast on Apple Podcasts. We want to be your Bible for the college basketball season and beyond. We are the only college basketball podcast coming to you 52 weeks out of the calendar year. Also want to remind you to check out the College Hoops Today fan page on Facebook. Give us a like. Give us a review. Let us know what you think of the product we're bringing to you 52 weeks out of the calendar year. And then the reminder to find and listen to the College Hoops Today podcast on Stitcher. You can find us there right now. And I want to let you know that today's episode of the College Hoops Today podcast is being sponsored by Geico. Did you know that right now Geico is offering an extra 15% credit on car, motorcycle, and RV policies? That's 15% on top of the money Geico could already save you. So what are you waiting for? Your dog to make you breakfast in bed? As nice as that sounds, that's probably never going to happen. But at least there's never been a better time to switch to Geico. Save an extra 15% when you switch by October 7th. Visit Geico.com to learn more. And now that we've got you set for all your Geico needs, we are one week away from having full clarity for the 2021 college basketball season from a personnel perspective. Because seven days from today... August 3rd at 5 o'clock Eastern, we will have the NCAA's early entry withdrawal deadline for the 2020 NBA draft. Now we have a situation where in the next seven days, we will be monitoring everything from soup to nuts. And next Monday, when we tape this podcast and we get it out to you early next week, we will be giving you our full assessment, my full rundown, top 45 teams for next season, winners and losers from the NCAA's early entry withdrawal deadline. So from a personnel perspective, we are going to have full clarity for next season. But it's obvious that the cloud caused by the coronavirus pandemic is still looming over our sport. We saw what happened on Monday with Major League Baseball with a coronavirus outbreak. We've obviously seen what's happened with college football. I can't stress this enough as a resident of New York City because I lived in this city in March, April, and May. And I'm going to say it every single week on this show until we have a vaccine and we're done with this thing. It was the apocalypse in New York. But New Yorkers banded together, wore a mask, socially distanced, and stayed inside unless we were going for a run or walk or going to the pharmacy or going to a grocery store. And now we have some semblance of normalcy in this city. Cases are down. People are eating outside. They're not going to gyms. They're not dining indoors. But you're starting to see some semblance of normalcy. And for somebody whose livelihood and career is contingent on obviously college basketball playing and having a season. I want everything to get back to normal as soon as possible, but I also desperately want to have a full season and I will plan and prepare on having a full season until I'm told to do otherwise because last season was cut short. Baylor was 26-4 and last year before the cancellation of the NCAA tournament. And they were still waiting in the next seven days on decisions 
for Jared Butler and Macy Oteague, two early entrants to the 2020 NBA draft. Because if those two players come back, Baylor's going to be a top three team and be picked to win the Big 12 ahead of Kansas to start next season. How will Baylor, though, replace Freddie Gillespie? And what are things like for this program in Texas with the pandemic? We'll find out when Scott Drew, the head coach of Baylor, joins the College Hoops Day podcast with John Rothstein coming up next. Before we talk to Baylor, Scott Drew, I want to tell you about our new great sponsor, DraftKings. The final 22 NBA teams have made their way down to Orlando and are ready to get back out on the court. While the ending to this year's basketball season will be different than years past, there will not be a shortage of excitement, and there is no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. To celebrate the return of basketball, DraftKings will have not one, but two $1 million top prizes through the first two days of the resumed season, so get in on all of the action now. If you haven't tried it yet, fantasy basketball is easy to play, especially with our friends at DraftKings. Just pick eight players, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for three-pointers, rebounds, assists, and more. There's no better way to put your basketball knowledge to the test and to compete for a shot at $1 million, right? So what are you waiting for? But if basketball isn't for you, don't worry. DraftKings is offering plenty on fantasy golf action for this week's tournament and, of course, baseball. With millions of dollars up for grabs this week, there is no better place to have skin in the game than with DraftKings. Here's what I want you to do. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code COLLEGE to get a free shot at millions of dollars up for grabs this week with your first deposit. That's promo code COLLEGE to get a free shot at millions of dollars with your first deposit. Only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Baylor was 26-4 and prior to the cancellation of the NCAA tournament in March. The head coach of Baylor is Scott Drew, and he now joins the College Hoops Day podcast with John Rothstein. Scott, first off, what has it been like recently in Texas with the pandemic? Well, it's been hot because uh, uh, July is a hot month in Texas, and uh, uh, it's one of those transition months where you're getting ready for uh, – uh, you, you have your – kids normally in summer school you're working out with them you're recruiting and everything has obviously changed this summer so uh uh, we're hoping those numbers uh uh, can continue to go down so we can get uh, people uh back to school in a safe manner and uh, excited to work with our guys uh uh this week is the first time uh uh, we'll be able to do that and i know uh it seems like uh uh, christmas came early for our staff because we haven't been in the gym for quite some time now Scott, I know we're in very fluid times right now. Do you go to bed each night thinking that college basketball will start as scheduled? Most definitely, I know we're going to have a college basketball season. As far as when that the season begins, um, I know a lot depends, obviously, on uh, uh, what happens between now and then. And uh, do we uh, continue to come up with uh, uh, new and uh, uh, safer cures uh, that could help? Or, uh, uh, obviously, the vaccine uh, coming about uh, at the end of this year and beginning next year, I know we'll have a big play in things. So um, uh, us basketball coaches aren't smart enough to figure out uh, uh, cures and vaccines, so we let the experts handle that. We just try to make sure that uh, uh, our guys are doing all right. And uh, I know uh, ours especially have been just itching to get into the gym, and they're so excited 
for this week to have that opportunity. Baylor coach Scott Drew joining the College Hoops Today podcast with John Rothstein. Now, looking back on last season, as I mentioned, you were 26-4 and prior to the cancellation. As you look back, do you look back as everything as a lost opportunity or a tremendous accomplishment? Ha, that's a that's a great question because as you know things have happened so quick since following the season from the standpoint uh, uh, just trying to get back to a new normal and trying to figure out uh, uh, what the future is going to look like the immediate future. Um, the longer we've uh, uh, separated from the season, though, uh, the more you you look back and you start to say, uh, "Dang." Uh, Whenever you can win 23 straight games, and uh, uh, believe we went about 94 days without a loss, and in college basketball that doesn't happen often, and uh, that's a tremendous blessing. And being ranked uh, number one for five weeks uh, is another blessing, especially as you know with the parity in college basketball and how hard it is to uh, uh, string together wins uh, at any point during the season. So the longer we've uh, uh, passed uh, uh, from season, the more I look back and just know what a successful year it was uh, uh, for our now the pandemic has not stopped the success of Baylor basketball you've carried the momentum you had last season onto the recruiting front and you've landed a number of top-ranked recruits already some of the best players in the country in the 2021 class now recently your program has been built on transfers and under the radar guys what prompted the shift to now take on a surplus of younger players well, I think, uh, uh, as you know, with, with rules, as things change as far as uh, uh, one-time transfers and as uh, um, uh, the graduate transfers have come into play in, in recent time, uh, I, I think uh, flexibility is really important for any college coach. Uh, um, there's no consistency as far as this is how we've done it for 15 years and we're going to keep doing it. I think you have to be ready to adjust to whatever the new legislation and the new trends are and the new recruiting avenues are. And with us, uh, the big thing I think we've been really uh, uh, blessed with as a staff is uh, there's certain things we've prioritized in recruiting. And uh, um, when players meet those characteristics, it doesn't matter if they come from prep school, junior college, high school, international, um, uh, um, transfers, grad transfers, wherever, whichever vehicle you're looking at, uh, the big thing is, do they fit our culture? Are they w- look? Are, are are they what we uh, uh, would like to have a part of our team? And are they the type of uh, uh, student athletes we can work and help be successful? Because a lot goes uh, uh, hand in hand. Meaning, um, there are certain characteristics we look for, and then uh, certain players thrive better in other programs than 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 some as well. So it's really trying to find that fit for each and every coach in their program. Now, earlier in your career, you did take, obviously, younger players in Perry Jones and Isaiah Austin. So you have experience dealing with those players. But I'm curious, what do you know now about dealing with college kids who come to campus with a significant amount of pedigree that you didn't know maybe seven, eight, nine, ten years ago? Well, I I, I think uh, uh, that's a great question to begin with. Uh, Hopefully, uh, uh, time and experience uh, uh, generates wisdom and knowledge and helps you um, do a better job uh, uh, for the student-athletes that you coach. And um, with us, I know, uh, uh, again, I think uh, the big thing is uh, – finding uh, uh, the characteristics and what we're looking for uh, to fit our culture because there's certain players that, that are going to come in that are going to thrive in how we do things and then there's some uh, players that are going to come in and it's not going to be good for them or us. So really trying to find uh, uh, the fits and 
and identifying and, and going with that. And uh, when we when we've had high ranked players before in 2010, we went to uh, uh, or 2012, we went to a lead eight. In 2010, we went to a lead eight too. But um, when we had uh, the Perry Jones and Quincy Miller, we lost to Kentucky. I think they had six pros that year. Um, we had five, I believe, on our team. So uh, you you can win in in, in basketball a variety of ways. Uh, uh, the big thing is uh, just uh, uh, what do you feel is what uh, uh, best benefits your program at that time. And with us, uh, we really look for great teammates, hard workers. Uh, we look for people that we feel uh, uh, we can uh, bring out the best in. And we enjoy going to practice with each and every day. Uh, that's a lot to be said. Uh, uh, if uh, uh, the players come into the gym and they like who they're with and the coaches do, uh, you achieve a lot more together. Very similar to anyone in the workforce. When you go to work every day, if you like who you're working for and work, who you're working with, you're obviously going to produce more. Now, normally when you recruit really talented players, it's because you've had really talented players and won a lot of games. You have two right now in Jared Butler and Macy Oteague, who had great years last season and who are now a part of the NBA draft early entry process. Is there any update as of now on their decisions for next season? Well, I think both of them uh, uh, have done a great job with the process and uh, they've done uh, uh, what any coach would love for their uh, current student athletes, and that's um, they, they've done a great job keeping us up to date, and done a great job making sure that they haven't jeopardized any of their eligibility. And uh, at the same time, uh, um, it's really everybody working uh, uh, for the betterment of uh, each individual. Meaning. Uh, um, uh, what's best for Maceo, what's best for Jared, and uh, everybody working together to make sure uh, they get what they want and uh, uh, what's best for them and their family. So uh, with us, I know uh, uh, we're excited as uh, uh, the deadline comes to just see uh, uh, what they decide, but I know either way it's going to be a win-win, meaning uh, they're going to do it based on good information, good knowledge, and what uh, benefits them. I think what, what every coach's worst nightmare is um, uh, a student-athlete comes out and if they don't get uh, drafted where they would, uh, where they think they're going to get drafted, now they're upset. You're upset because they're upset. So uh, uh, really, what you want is just uh, accurate information and make sure they uh, they know what they're getting. And if that's the case, then uh, everybody's happy. Now, when I think about the best backcourt that you've had at Baylor, I always go to the 2010 combo with Tweedy Carter and Lace Darius Dunn that took you within inches of beating Duke in the Elite Eight and getting to the Final Four. If Jared Butler and Macy Oteague return, where would that backcourt, and you obviously got to throw Davion Mitchell in there as well, rank among the best that Scott Drew has had at Baylor? Well, I mean, if you look at last year's numbers and uh, uh, what the, uh, they were able to accomplish, it's hard to argue uh, they weren't best in school's history uh, from the standpoint uh, again, uh, five weeks at number one and 23 straight uh, wins. Um, at the same time, uh, uh, hopefully, uh, there's certain guys during the pandemic that uh, 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 find ways to keep themselves in shape and are motivated to get better with whatever resources, if they can get to a gym or not. Uh, maybe it's an outdoor uh, uh, park or basket. Um, and those three guys, uh, there's a reason they've been successful, and that is they're extremely hard workers. So uh, usually uh, hard workers are always going to get better and keep improving. So uh, if they do come back together, hopefully uh, uh, they not only achieve what they did last year, but more, obviously, because at the end of the day, uh, you're always trying to get better. 
Baylor coach Scott Drew joined the College Hoops Today podcast with John Rothstein. Now, redshirting players has obviously been a big part of things at Baylor. As I mentioned, you have two players coming in as transfers next year who redshirted. Adam Flagler from Presbyterian and Jonathan Chamwa Chichua from UNLV. What type of an impact are you expecting from those two players? Well, I can tell you both of those guys are, are well-liked. They're great teammates. And a lot of our success last year uh, uh, can be attributed to those two sitting out as well as we had uh, one player, a red shirt, and uh, uh, Jordan Turner. And uh, he did a tremendous job uh, each and every day along with the other two uh, practicing and not only improving themselves, but more importantly, uh, um, preparing our team for uh, and scout team, uh, whoever we're facing next and getting us ready. So, uh, again, I think if, if you got the, uh, the right guys sitting out and, and they take advantage of that situation. Some people just try to bide their time and they don't use it to, uh, to get better and improve. And then there's others that really uh, spend that year in the lab, as uh, they like to say, and get better. Um, those are the people who really benefit uh, from a year working on their game. And we've had several in the past when they've transferred and sat out have really benefited from that. Now, transfers, as we've talked about, have obviously a responsibility to do their best during the redshirt year. And you've seen that with a number of players you've had in Waco. There has been a lot of talk, especially earlier this offseason, about a one-time rule that would allow immediate eligibility one time for transfers in college sports. What are your reactions to that rule, considering the experience you have on the topic? Well, with, with uh, uh, us coaches, I know one thing, and that is uh, rules change quite often, and we got to be ready to adapt when they do. And um, for uh, uh, the student athletes we have, we've never made anybody redshirt or sit out unless they've had to NCA-wise. Uh, at the same time, uh, we have presented that opportunity for them because uh, early on in our career, I remember uh, Tweety Carter said, why didn't you give me a chance to redshirt? And you're thinking, well, you're, you're the first McDonald's All-American in school's history. Why in the world would you ever want a red shirt? But um, at the same time, uh, uh, just like it's important to give players an opportunity to play right away, it's uh, important to give them the chance if they want to work on their game uh, to get better. And uh, I mean, uh, we'd all like to have everything right now and uh, right away and uh, put it in the microwave and it's done. But sometimes uh, cooking in the oven's better. And at the end of the day, some people are late bloomers. Some people mature later. Um, most coaches will tell you a 22-year-old uh, uh, is usually a little bit better than an 18-year-old. So, um, again, each situation is different. Each situation is unique. Uh, but one thing for, for, for players that – uh, constantly work on their game and want to get better. Uh, as long as they stay injury-free, they do improve and they do get better. And that hard work does pay off because it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. Um, so uh, there are advantages uh, uh, in certain situations for kids uh, to redshirt and, and sit out. And um, that's that's the tough thing for uh, uh, coaches is sometimes uh, uh, just explaining that to uh, uh, your student athletes that uh, uh, these are options and um, uh, it could benefit you in the long haul. Uh, at the same time, you always got to do what's best for you uh, right now, which we understand. But uh, 
Um, definitely, we've had a lot of success with guys that have sat out. Uh, F.A. Udo was our first transfer that sat out and was a six pick in the draft after playing one year of sitting out. So, uh, obviously, benefited him. And another example of guys, obviously, who made a big impact, who didn't start their careers at Baylor, is Freddie Gillespie, who was a huge piece on the interior for your team next last season. How do you replace Freddie next year? Well, Freddie's somebody that. Uh, uh, had an impact not only on the court, but off the court from the standpoint was such a great teammate, such a great leader and his work ethic really, uh, 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 helped set the tone for everybody else. So, uh, when you, when you have guys like that, that, uh, have been a part of the program, uh, and they leave, um, they've really not just left. They've instilled that DNA as far as hard work, great teammate toughness. And a lot of our guys, uh, uh I look at, uh, Jonathan last year. Um, I, I think a lot of his hard work could be attributed to, uh, working out with Freddie and spending time with Freddie. So, uh, with, with on the court, we're going to miss, uh, obviously his ability to, uh, uh, defend one through five and contest at the rim. And he really did a great job of improving his rebounding and rebounding outside of his, his area. So, uh, an extremely efficient offensive player as well. He didn't try to do things he couldn't do. And, uh, uh, he really was great at what he did do. So, um, Freddie's definitely a big hole. Hopefully uh, uh, we'll see him playing uh, uh, in the NBA. And uh, I know he's excited with uh, the draft coming up. And I know he's had a lot of interest with uh, uh, just how far he's come in such a short period of time. Okay, well, who steps in? Well, <laughs> give me a week to see our guys. <laughs> so it's been about four months or whatever since we, we've seen anybody. And we haven't seen the new guys as well. Baylor coach Scott Drew joined the College Hoops Day podcast with John Rothstein. Now, one player who was already in your program who you saw flashes of brilliance from last season, who I think just has a real chance to blossom, not just in the Big 12, but nationally next year, is Matthew Meyer. What do you anticipate from him as he transitions to the 2020-21 season? Well, he's somebody that has a has a ton of talent and potential and God-given ability that you can't teach as a coach. And, uh, um it's just a matter of time before it all clicks, and uh, uh, he's able to uh, uh, perform consistently at the level that he's shown flashes of. Uh, uh, he's been tremendous in spurts, and you're like, man, that guy's a, uh, a difference maker. Um, but it is is as some players go, uh, um, especially uh, uh, Matt's one of those guys I think uh, uh, more late bloomer in basketball. And what I mean by that is uh, once he's consistent at that high level that he can play at, uh, he's going to be tremendous. And uh, each and every day he's gotten better uh, uh, um, mentally, physically. um, And uh, uh, the the tough thing is – during the pandemic, it's 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 been hard for us not to have a chance to work with someone like him who was making such strides. Um, but again, uh, when guys show you glimpses of what they can do, then it's just a matter of time uh, before hopefully uh, everyone working together can get that consistency. And when he when when he's clicking, he's clicking. All right. Well, the Big 12 is always one of the top conferences in college basketball. And if you do get Jared Butler and Macy Oteague back, you will again be picked at the top of the league. I have no doubt about that. Give me one contender at the top of the league, not named Baylor, and one sleeper lower in the league as you project the league for next season. Well, I can tell you when you say contender, it's really hard from the standpoint you look at uh, uh, the Lenardi uh, uh, bracketology. I think there's five teams in the top 12 or something like that. And I mean, uh, uh, this could be really a special year in the Big 12. I believe the teams he has is 
Texas, West Virginia, Kansas, Texas Tech, and us. And uh, talent-wise, uh, again, I think uh, uh, six out of the last seven years, RPI-wise or net-wise, we've been the number one ranked conference in the country. And this year, uh, uh, on paper, uh, top to bottom, could be the most talented we've, we've had. So you could literally pick any of the uh, four that I just named. Uh, as far as a sleeper, um, that's why the Big 12 is really good because there is no top to bottom. Every coach knows how good each and every team is. I'll give an example. I mean, Cade Cunningham, if you say a sleeper, I know Oklahoma State's picked toward the bottom from the polls that I've seen thus far. And anytime you add uh, uh, the top-ranked player in the nation to a program, and Coach Boyton does a, a tremendous job with his team. They uh, uh, play together. They play the right way. But when you when you throw in a difference maker like Cade, that just transforms uh, a team. So, uh, again, I think if you're looking on paper, someone that someone picked low, but at the same time they just added uh, the best player in the country to their team, um, uh, that's why the Big 12 special, and that's why we need to get you out here more nights covering the Big 12 because uh, I know you love great basketball, John Rostin. Well, Scott, appreciate a couple minutes. Know how busy you are. Stay safe with the virus, and as always, look forward to staying connected along the way. Hey, well, I can tell you one thing. It's great talking basketball because that means we're getting closer to season. And uh, uh, I know uh, I'm an optimistic guy. Before long, we're going to be hopefully tipping it up and uh, great things will be happening uh, across the college landscape athletically. So uh, praying for that vaccine and praying for a cure. We'd like to thank Baylor head coach Scott Drew for joining the College Hoops Today podcast with John Rothstein. Want to remind you to subscribe to the College Hoops Today podcast with John Rothstein on Apple Podcasts. We want to be your Bible for the college basketball season and beyond. We are the only college basketball podcast coming to you 52 weeks out of the calendar year. Also want to remind you to check out the College Hoops Today fan page on Facebook. Give us a like. Give us a review. Let us know what you think of the product we're bringing to you 52 weeks out of the calendar year. And also a reminder to find Find and listen to the College Hoops Today podcast on Stitcher. You can find us there right now. Time now for our social media portion of the College Hoops Today podcast with John Rothstein. Send me your questions on Twitter. I'm at John Rothstein. That's John, J-O-N. Our first question comes from Will Bourne, and it's John. Who is your favorite to win the national championship in 2021 and why? I'll tell you, I made an adjustment, Will. After Philip Petrusev came out and obviously announced last week that he is going to be playing for a professional team in Europe, I moved Gonzaga out of the top spot. Villanova is now in the one spot for me. I, again, will have a full rundown of all 45 teams that I have ranked next year going into next season next week on the podcast when we get you set with full clarity for the 2021 college basketball season. Our next question comes from Illini for Life, and it's John. Which team over the next week has the most to gain during the NCAA's early entry withdrawal deadline for the 2020 NBA draft? You know, it's interesting. Obviously, Luka Garza in Iowa will be a critical decision. Obviously, Remy Martin and Arizona State will be a critical decision, as will Xavier Tillman and Michigan State with Aaron Henry. But I think, and I've said this before over the last month or month and a half, Illinois could be the team that benefits the most from the current circumstances if the Illini get back Io DeSumo and Kofi Coburn, because if that happens, Illinois will be a team that I think 
will be ranked in the top 10 to start the season and will have a chance, just like it did in 2005, to be a legitimate contender for the Final Four. Everybody obviously remembers in 2005, Bruce Weber and company at Illinois with D. Brown, Lutherhead, Darren Williams came within inches of beating North Carolina and winning the national championship. Five good nuggets this week is being brought to you this week by Geico. Did you know that right now Geico is offering an extra 15% credit on car, motorcycle, and RV policies? That's 15% on top of what Geico could already save you. So what are you waiting for? Save an extra 15% when you switch by October 7th. Visit geico.com to learn more. Now, let's get to some nuggets. Five good nuggets. Five. Five. Six. No, five. But you were close. Nugget number one, losing Phillip. This obviously pertains to Philip Petrushev not returning to Gonzaga next season. I understand that Gonzaga is still going to be an outstanding team. I also understand that Gonzaga can plug and play here. They love Umar Ballo up front. They're probably, from everything I'm gathering, going to use Anton Watson at the four spot and move Drew Timmy to the five. But I do not agree with those who still think that Gonzaga is a top two or three team in the country as of now by losing Philip Petrusive. Because I'll tell you this much. For me, next year, Philip Petrusev was a first-team All-American. He was 17-8 and eight last year for Gonzaga. I know that the Zags have pieces. I know all about Watson. I know, know all about Ballo. I know Timmy is going to be on every breakout list in America. But I need to see it first before I put the Zags and keep them in the top two or three in the country. Nugget number two, SEC sleeper. Talking about Missouri. Now, Missouri had three players in the NBA draft process. Jeremiah Tillman, Mitchell Smith, Xavier Pinson, all three withdrew. Several SEC coaches that I've talked about are pegging the Tigers as a potential sleeper next year under Conzo Martin because they've been so injured. Interesting team. Tillman was injured last season. Veteran guard play with Mark Smith, Drew Smith, and Pinson. Something to watch moving forward in Columbia. Nugget number three, waiting on Keith. Chris Vogt from Cincinnati announced recently that he is going to withdraw from the NBA draft and return to school next season. To me, Cincinnati's ceiling for next year and its potential all depends on what Keith Williams does over the next seven days. He could either be potentially the player of the year in the American Conference or he will start his professional career. That's another under-the-radar key decision to watch over the next week. Now, Nugget number four, tip of the iceberg. This pertains to something that happened last week. Now, Belmont's leading scorer, Adam Kunkel, on July 21st, announced that he was transferring. He was a leading scorer on a team that was going to play in the NCAA tournament. He committed to Xavier over the weekend. Now, if, if the NCAA passes a one-time transfer exception for everybody to transfer and play immediately once in your career... This is what we're going to see. The best player on a mid-major team like Belmont transfer up and go play at a program like Xavier. And it's going to be more intriguing for mid-major players to do it if they don't have to do a year in residence and redshirt. Nugget number five, the Northeast Extension. UConn landed another important recruit on Sunday night, Rasul Diggins, committed to the Huskies. Top 60 prospect nationally in 2021. Four of the Huskies' last five commits, Rasul Diggins, Adaba Sonogo, 
Andre Jackson, and also Tyrese Martin, a transfer from Rhode Island, have all come from somewhere in the Northeast between Philadelphia and Albany. UConn under Dan Hurley is recruiting right now like Jim Calhoun did in the mid to late 90s. Another reason why I really can't wait for the season and why I'm praying every day that we have a season, because I want to see UConn back in the Big East. I want to see UConn and that brand captivate the Northeast like it should would be a tremendous boost for the conference. UConn in a situation right now where it's continuing to trend upward as it gets set to be a factor in the Big East again moving forward. We'd like to thank Baylor head coach Scott Drew for joining the College Hoops Today podcast with John Rothstein. We'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. This was the College Hoops Today podcast with John Rothstein.